This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding, and I'm joined with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. We're going to jump right in in just a minute. Before we do that, I want to encourage you to go to practicalshepherding.com. You can access all of our resources there. We have other podcast episodes, a bunch of them now, Jim. Actually, 140-something. Something like that. Articles. Um, we also have a bookstore there. And actually, the the Practically Trained Pastors, the field guide, is we've had an incredible response around that. But if you go to that page, actually, there are four to five minute videos on every one of those topics that we're, we've almost posted all of them. We'll have 52 weeks of them, and but they're all free. You can access them there. So we have tons of resources on the website that could be helpful to you. You can also write us. You can go to the contact page and write us and write us, see if there's a situation we can help with. We'd love to try to help with that. Or... A podcast recommendation topic. Yes, please. Go to the contact page and do that or find us on social media and let us know if there's a topic you want us to tackle. We'd be happy to try to do that depending on uh, what it is. And Sometimes our brains are, the well runs a little dry well, sometimes, particularly after 140 plus topics. Well, and it's helpful to know what, what are the pressing issues that yeah. you know, pastors are going through, which we, exactly. we, we know what those are, but but we, it's, we particularly want to cater to those who regularly listen to the podcast. So mm-hmm. also uh, you can go to the donate page and leave a financial gift that's always helpful for us as part of the ministry. So thank you for those who support us in that way. Jim, an important topic today we want to talk about and one that always is going to be relevant. But I would say in the midst of all the stuff going on with the pandemic, the midst of political issues. Pandemic? I thought the pandemic was oh, over. Oh, that's a whole other topic now, isn't it? But we, in the midst of all of these things that there's a lot of disagreement around conscience-type issues, it's important for us to have conversations about when, when leaders, particularly pastors and elders, what do you do when pastors and elders disagree on certain topics? And that's what we want to we cover today. Before we do that, Let's just think biblically a minute about the role of pastor and elders and that obviously the nature of what this calling is, you and I both advocate strongly for plurality among every local church, Right, that there'd be more than one pastor. Pastor, elder, same office, by the way. Uh, that we're referring to in the New Testament and functionally local church, we would, you know, we would argue. So same office. Don't get confused by that. But when we say pastor, we would advocate that there should be more than one, and, and there's multiple reasons around that. We can get into that biblically in a minute. But but when we uh, we're talking about more than one pastor in a church, there's going to be more than uh, enough opportunities for there to be disagreement among those pl- that plurality. And so we though we want to advocate for this model, we also recognize that there is disagreements and conflicts and things that happen among among pastors. And so biblically, how do we need to think about this other than recognizing that we would advocate for a plurality? Well, Brian, I think not only plurality, but I've, I think we have at times touched upon the issue of parity. So sometimes, which you, not not parody, but parity, yeah. that is uh, parity in the elders, that's a whole other thing. But um, where you have, uh, in where we believe that whether you use the name senior pastor, lead pastor, and associate pastor, that both of you really are pastors, you're both shepherds of the of the flock, and in that sense, you, you have an equal authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your meetings, uh, and it's you. We and we've talked about this, Brian. You don't want to have a, a a so-called leadership structure where where you have a lead man and he has elders, but they're really just yes men. Yes men, right? But but in a situation where you're trying to think through, where if you have five elders, 
six elders. Were, you know, think about the situation where you have an equal amount of uh, or a um, an even number of elders, and say you have six, and three three are convinced of one thing, and three are convinced of yeah, another. That's right. That's what we're trying to get at. You know, generally, obviously, in this eldership, you you it should be. Men that are doctrinally united, that are able to sign a, a common confession, whatever yep. that is in your church. Right. They're, they're, so it's not a, it's not essentially doctrinal disagreement. They should be wise men, men like like the diaconate, men full of the Holy Spirit. They should be men who love each other, are charitable toward each other, and yet a, a situation may arise. And and we'll, let's maybe we'll talk through a few. For instance. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, but a situation may arise where men of goodwill, men who love each other, respect each other, men of common core convictions are going to disagree on, on on what the church should do. And the question is, okay, well, let's talk about what those kinds of things might be. And then Brian, seek to offer counsel. What do you do? What do you do? Do you do you move forward? Do you have in some of these situations where you have a plurality and a parity of elders, there's yet a recognition where there might be what some have used the term first among equals. Yeah. And that is that there is one voice that tends to carry the way. And that's usually going to be the man who does most of the teaching, yeah. preaching, lead pastor, whether, yeah. you, whether again, you now we don't use that expression. I don't use the expression lead pastor, senior pastor, other than like you call me that, or somebody else calls me that. That's because you I, are, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, I disagree. And uh, let's talk about your, how I we disagree. Title. <laughs> no, I, I don't, we don't use those titles in the church, but I've been there 31 years, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I recognize, and I do recognize, that my voice carries a weightier part of it because I weigh more than all the other elders. <laughs> but no, it, I, it is weightier in their minds. Oh, Jim's, Jim's saying this. Jim thinks this. And whether they, however much they want to contribute, sometimes if, if, if I bark louder, I, 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 which I don't do, but if I, if I let it be known, it, it, it could win the day. That's not always what's wise and what's best. So, anyway, let's talk, let's talk through some of these kinds of issues. I've got certain things in my mind that. Yeah. Are, well, so, so let's go. Let me go back to something first before we dig into the different maybe categories of things that would determine how to disagree, and that is the, the idea of having elders but then be yes men, and and I think this is really common. As somebody who went into a church that didn't have plurality, and I established that and raised guys up. That I had a I had a choice. I had an opportunity to put yes men in that place, or people who weren't yes men. People actually had an opinion and would push back on me and all those kinds of things. So I want to recognize that as I work with hundreds of churches and pastors, that it's really common to have plurality, but you got one guy and everybody follows him and nobody pushes back on him. And that exists, and so there may be the illusion of a plurality, right? But they're really not. And I just right. want to make—I want to acknowledge that, especially for there's guys listening to this who are in that or know those situations, and there's the illusion that there is plurality just because there are elders there. But I want to mention this because uh, we one want to discourage the yes men approach, obviously. Right. But the reason I want to bring that up is that if you're going to discourage the yes men approach, and you're actually going to have plurality, and you're going to have men with opinions. And people will push back. There's gonna be disagreement, right? So the so I think that's the place to start with this conversation, Jim. In my opinion, that we got to start with disagreement's not bad. 
Right, and, and right. I, and I think that we sometimes we approach this thinking, well, we're in a good, healthy place when everybody's in agreement, everybody's unified, and we all want to go to do the same thing. Well, as a general rule, that's true and good and right. something to celebrate. Right. I want to say that that it's actually healthy for elders to disagree, and that's the purpose of having the plurality. So one story, real quick, Jim, that um, comes to mind is I remember when we went, you know, we didn't establish having a plurality of pastors until we brought laymen on as pastors, not not staff, who five, six years in. And then, of course, the, the, we have to establish their ministries in that way. That took some years for us to figure out how to relate to each other. And I remember there was an issue that uh, I felt really strongly about. There were five of us, and there were five, uh, five elders, and I felt really strongly about an issue. And all four of them disagreed with me and overruled me in the decision. And, uh, and I remember two things, feeling two things after that. I remember I was mad <laughs> because that hadn't happened before. Right? Right. And number two, uh, I, I realized that this is incredibly healthy. Mm. And six months later, these guys proved that they were right and, and right. I was wrong. So I, I want to put out there that as we're having this conversation, conflict, disagreement it is not a bad thing. Uh, and hopefully you're dealing with Godly qualified men exactly. that are humble, that are charitable, as you said, and that that's how this is supposed to. So we just want to put that up front as we have this conversation, that that's what we're advocating for. Plurality of strong, opinionated, but humble men that can disagree in godly ways and actually sharpens the group. It doesn't divide the group. Right. And Brian, I think a number of the men most likely have listened at least some to these podcasts about Mars Hill and Mark Driscoll and yep. and his talking about, you know, the guys that uh, that are uh, behind the bus or under the bus or the dead bodies behind the bus, that he had a vision and you got on or, or you were out, you know, you had to, you had to support that vision. And, and boasted that you're going to, you're going to get run over by the bus if you get yeah. in the way. Like, yeah. And, I, you know, again, hey, who doesn't want to have everybody agree with you, right? You know, every, you know, every time you come up with an idea, that's ah, a great idea. Uh, there's a part of you that wants that, but you have to recognize that part of you that wants that. It's not the best part of you. Well, that's why I told the story that, that I did. Right? You want to be able to be, to be. You want right. to be able to be challenged. Even saying that, though, Brian, sometimes people are going to be. You're going to have some men that are going to be slow again because the to challenge you because again you've been there the longest you're the lead pastor they love you they appreciate you they trust you and even if there's that niggling sometimes there's that you know you hear the stories ah yeah we thought something was wrong but we didn't want to say anything we need to be able to encourage a culture where hey if you feel that you you need to be able to if it needs to start with some of you talking among each other and then coming to me or coming to us but we we can't squelch that and and it it's that unity of the spirit that the scriptures talk about is not that every single person thinks the same thing about should we do a building project right uh, how should we handle a pandemic should we bring this person onto staff uh, should we host a conference? That's different than what do we believe about the Trinity and and uh, and you know th- right. those kinds of matters where you say. We need to have agreement on. So let's break down. The, let's break down these ideas and categories. Okay, let's let's say, okay, there are issues where all the elders have to agree on it. There's issues where you're divided on it, and so you kind of keep having to you you pause to not make a decision 
allowing conversation, allowing prayer, allowing uh, a chance to convince each other on these things. And then you've got uh, the, the, the other side of there's just disagreement. They're not getting resolved. How do we make this decision? So I just want to put those kind of three categories. Let's start right. with this, this more obvious one. So what's an example for you among your elders? There has to be complete and full agreement before the decision is made. Uh, bringing in another elder yep. or bringing in another that's a, deacon. That's a good one. Uh, anything regarding leadership, you all have to have mutual confidence and trust that this person's name should be brought before the congregation uh, for consideration. So you leadership, have, any leadership. Anything so. anything regarding leadership, okay. uh, future leaders in the church. So to me, that's a that's an absolute. And I'll tell a story. I told you this, yeah, Brian, in prep that years ago uh, we brought on uh, – elders were convinced that we should bring on a certain man. Now, this actually entailed the diaconate. Uh, and though that we don't believe the deacons have the same role of authority in, in the local church as pastors do, these are wise men and trusted men, and they do have an influence in the congregation. But a couple of them were not convinced that this man should be put forward, at least at that time. And uh, because we were convinced this man should be, and that, well, hey, we need to ex- exercise our leadership and this, we put the man's name forward, and it didn't go well. And I, I, I would not do that again. I, and, and I would actually include in that, I think, the deacons. just yeah, As the other office. Yeah, different and, than, and from then the even, obviously, yeah. you want the whole congregation on board. I mean, yep. I know that we, we eventually say in, in our constitutions, things like there needs to be 75% or 80% or whatever. But, you know, when you consider someone's a gift of Christ to the church— he either is or isn't. He's not 75. Well, like Jesus isn't, well, I'm 75% sure, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, in, 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 you know, recognizing that in a larger, well, in any size congregation, you may not always have unanimity. But I think you ought to pursue that as much as you can on an area that's so vitally important. Yeah, that's a good one. And I would totally agree with that one. And for anybody needing an argument with that, I mean, you, you're, I would especially agree with that in regard to bringing on pastor elders that if you, it would be a terrible way to get to start to bring a new elder on that there's anybody among the elders who have enough reservation about them that they're not going to trust them they're right. not going to mutually submit to them which is what's supposed to happen right. among the elders and it's just a recipe for disaster i've never seen that work well right so that that's a pretty easy one that's low-hanging fruit i, I assume most people listening to this would would agree with that. What's another decision that all the elders have to agree on before it's made that you would that you would mention? Uh, church discipline. Okay, so you would not discipline anyone unless all the elders are on board. Correct. Explain why. Well, you're going to try to make a case to the congregation, right? I mean, if, if, right. if this is an excommunication case, you have to make a case before the congregation. How do you expect them to be able to speak with one mind? If they will not listen to you and then will not listen to the church, how can you expect the church to speak with a voice toward this erring person, this person bound in sin, if the elders can't even agree on the severity of it? If they can't agree on the severity of it, if they can't agree that this person is really in the kind of impenitent sin that needs to be brought before the church, I think you, you are setting a dangerous precedent Unless, again, you believe that these elders are proving themselves to be genuinely unfaithful. And you know, the temptation for some men is, well, if you disagree with me, you're proving unfaithful. Yeah. Which really goes back to what you want are yes men. Yeah. And it may be, again, the, the divine 
uh, yield or, or, or the stop sign right now, stop what you're doing. You need to think more clearly through this. And if you can't make that case in that smaller setting, then you're not going to be able to make yeah. that case before the whole congregation. That's a great one. I would Another one I would add is just doctrinal agreement on the primary doctrines of the church. Uh, once you, because there's going to be different issues where even some pastor elders are are in disagreement on certain things. But I would say, you know, the doctrines that are played out that are that are explained in your confession. Like, if the elders can't sign off on that, how do you right. expect members to? So, as you bring other elders on. And and I think make adjustments around this. You you mentioned doctrinal alignment, but you know you served with a group of elders a long time. I did. You know the one of the things that I noticed is you've there's got to be a, a room allowed for uh, for just uh, some potential beliefs evolving through time and years Correct. and conversations. And so I, now, I mean, an obvious example would be if you're if you're a Baptist church and all of a sudden one of your elders gets convinced of you know of of infant baptism, that's going to be problematic in your Baptist church. So, right. but that's a pretty obvious one, I think. But I think there's other things that somebody may drift on a certain area of the Lord's Day view or uh, eschatology or whatever it right. might be, and and so I do think that's why I say primary doctrines that the church would acknowledge is if the members have to sign off on this, all the elders have to be strongly in agreement with it. Yeah, and I think uh, maybe this podcast for another time, I think there are, there are areas where you could allow some doctrinal disagreement among your membership. Right. Uh, I mean, we are, let's say this out, out loud for everybody, but, you know, to shock any, any poor person, uh, we are we are millennial in our in our teaching, our, our position on the uh, is would be considered amillennial, uh, which I really it's not explicitly laid out in our confession. I think that it's I think it's in there. I, it certainly does not lay out a premillennial, right, pre-tribulation rapture type thing like a lot of statements of faith do. Yeah. Now we have some folks in our church who are premillennial. It's not not a problem at all. Right. But all of the elders. Uh, you know, holding to the confession, and I'm not going to, I'm not trying to prove anything, but I'm just saying that that would be something that is more what's laid out in the confession in regard to the end times is something that we would all want to embrace so that there's not three different positions when, you know, when we're doing scripture reading or, 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 or preaching that we, we have one voice. Uh, in those matters. So, so let me shift to what really is the heart of what we're talking about here. So what about the things we actually disagree on? How do we sort through those things? So uh, let's let's kind of tackle this this way. You know, you've got, and by the way, this is why I think it's 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 wise to have, uh, it, what's ideal, I think, is to have an odd number of, el- of elders. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's it's it's nice ideal. To have, it's nice to have a tiebreaker. Don't right. force that. It's not that important, but I do think it's helpful, especially if you have certain issues that come down to uh, that come down to a, a majority of, of the elders. And by the way, I think there are plenty of decisions around that where elders can disagree, talk about it, pray. We still disagree, and that's how we functioned. Actually, if there was a disagreement on a decision, that the majority would win, and not only that, but the minority that was on the other side would. Uh, would publicly affirm the decision Correct. of the elders. Correct. Would you? I say you would affirm that. Uh, yes, as well? and I. Yeah. So let's talk about some situations like that. Yeah. So I think well, a lot of the the obvious things, you know, especially 
as uh, as we're having another surge around around the virus and stuff that the mask yeah. and no mask thing was another thing uh, something yeah, that would come uh, up. gathering vaccinations yeah, uh, all that. things that I mean I don't think it's I don't think it's the place I don't think I'll be con- well maybe I will for some people I don't think it's the place of the eldership either to necessarily command vaccination or to for you publicly if you if if you aren't doing it i don't think the pulpit supply we've seen the clips on 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 twitter i don't need the vaccination i got jesus yeah you know, the pulpit you know, listen, is not the place to play i don't think that's sure. i don't think yeah. the pulpit is a place to play that yeah. out however i i so for instance somebody said the other day might you encourage the unvaccinated among us to wear masks in the gathering mm-hmm. now in some places that might go over swell probably as kentucky you know my, our, my folks are fairly on the right on a lot of things yeah. politically and, and and whatever reason this has become highly politicized uh, but are we going to meet? Are we going to meet indoors or outdoors right that's, now? So, that's so, the bigger decision. I will, so I just telling people right now. So we have nine families as a, in the last week. As this is being recorded. That has gone down. Yeah. Have gone down. So what we – so we, we didn't realize positive. it. Have tested positive. Nobody's Somebody, died. Nobody yeah. has died. Oh, yeah. One one of our ladies was sent to the ho- – EMS took her to the hospital. They turned her around because there weren't beds. Yeah, yeah. I've heard Not this. because she didn't have a problem. Yep. Obviously, she's had a problem enough that they wouldn't take her to the hospital. But, <clears throat> you know, so we've had to ask, all right, what are we going to do? So we had to make several decisions. So among the decisions, we – we let people know. We didn't. If people weren't comfortable saying it was us, as long as people were comfortable saying, "Hey, our family has it," please tell people so they can pray. Not everybody wants that known. Right. HIPAA Act, whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so we we had um, so we had to send out a note. We've got another family, another family, another family. So here's what we're going to do. So we met outdoors uh, on the Lord's Day. We had a few slight alterations. It was a little hot. I mean, Sunday was yeah, fairly hot. I we bet. we met out back on the grass. Uh, the shadows left during the the the, the ministry, um, the preaching ministry. We probably only had forty or fifty people show yeah. out of normally two hundred plus that would yeah. show up. Yeah, of course, you know, nine of those nine fam- families, nine are families out. were yeah. infected, yeah, and right. then others were concerned right. or. Like, hey, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. So tonight's prayer meeting is Zoom. We've had, we've had, well, seven people were at prayer meeting last week. That that the next day, that night and the next day were all down. Yeah, but they're you know. So we we need to have a certain amount of time go by. We got to make a decision tomorrow. I have an elders meeting tomorrow about whether we're going to meet. So, so, so how so, how will you make that decision then? So again, we will we will what we did before is it was we didn't meet in person, but it was. Calls, texts, emails about what we are going to do. That we need to not. We need to. If we're going to meet, we're going to meet outdoors. Sunday night was live streamed. We had five or six people show up, gave the preacher somebody to look at while he was preaching. Uh, so I don't know. As of as of the recording, I I would imagine we're going to probably do the same this Sunday because we're still having people. Uh, but how do you make that? Positive. So how do you make that decision? So though, we, when the we will. So we will all talk about it, and we all need to agree. I mean, I think we or the, there's four of us, three of us have to carry the day. Okay. 
uh, or two of us have to carry the day, I think, with a greater degree of passion. Now, we canceled a service back in January. I didn't agree with it. I, I thought I thought that was overkill. Okay. The other but three, the majority the other, won. The other then. three did. Okay. And you know, so I'm going to throw all of them under the bus. They're terrible men. They didn't agree with me. <laughs> well, actually, I had COVID. So what was I going to do? I was sitting at home coughing. So you know, uh, they anyway. Uh, so I, th- I think th- that's one of those decisions. That if we're going to say we're not going to meet, we all have to agree. Okay. And I want and and I usually include the deacons in on that too. So you so okay. You have four elders. So what happens when it's two and two? What do you do then? Well. It, I think we have to talk till we come to a decision. If it's something else, like for instance, we're working through changes to our constitution. Yeah, it's not urgent that that has to be. We have to get this in, and it has to be now. We got to make a decision by Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to make a decision for Sunday morning. Got to make a decision Sunday night. It's coming, uh, whether we like it or not. We cannot stop time. It's coming. We got to make a decision. Yep. For and we do believe. That we can't just say to our folk, "Hey, listen, y'all. Here's the information. Y'all make your decision." Now, w- we've been doing that for weeks, but I think in light of this kind of an outbreak, because yeah. we got some that would come. We got I know some would come coughing, and some would come with a fever. Well, it's a fever. I'm sure it's just allergies, you know. Yeah. And they're going to show up. And good, good intention. We have got to worship God, you know. You got to push through when you're not feeling well, kind of a thing, and say, "Well, till this." Till this has run its course, at least in our congregation. And then people are going to have to make a decision and saying, listen, this is out there, and for the next few weeks, I got a feeling for the next few weeks this is going to be bad. Um, but anyway, I think that's a decision. We have to we have to meet until we can agree. So what about like uh, financial decisions, uh, building decisions, you know, that kind of thing? Can you disagree on budgeting issues, and the majority goes to the goes to the to the members, or do you all have to agree on matters of finances and things? I probably want to say it depends on what it is. Yeah, sure. Um, so, but but I think yes, I think that can be one of those situations where you can go with a majority. Okay. Uh, a building to say, are, are we going to are we going to now investing in a major building project? I think I think it'd be good to have all the leadership involved and not have two of them thinking, well, I I was never behind it in the first place or whatever. Again, as you said, Brian, I think even where you might say I, I wasn't I wasn't really in favor with it, but it's a decision of the elders. I'm one of the elders, and that's all anybody will 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 hear. I'm going to I'm I'm voting along with it. Last thing I want us to tackle this this other category of just. There's there's clear disagreement. There's been time to work through it. This third category of, but a, a decision's just got to be made, and so it, you can have in theory, okay, so the majority wins out. But what if it's something really important? That so what if what if it's about bringing another elder on, and the general principle of it is everybody's got to be in agreement on it, or whether it's you know we about right. bringing a member in or what or disciplining or whatever it is. And the conscience of that elder just cannot say, "Look, this is too important." I'm, you know, you know me. I, I'm willing to submit to you guys in my mm-hmm. disagreements in the mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. This is too important to me. I think this is what you and I have have watched in different settings, uh, with like you and I have both seen like churches split over elders in complete disagreement on an important issue, and the right and, and the elders don't bend, and and the church just implodes because of it. 
Yeah, I've seen times where elders have resigned, and I'm thinking of a situation. I just was talking to some uh, a pastor recently in his church, and it was really hard. It was really, really hard on them. And I, I, I don't know what I would have done in their situation. Yeah, okay. In, in their specific situation, I, I, I think I probably would have handled it a little bit differently. But if I generalized it, and 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 so they had at that time, I think they had eight elders. One of them was pretty strongly, and it was to the point where he'd been a pastor there for years when he preached, and, and he was a very dear friend of this pastor I was talking to. They're really best friends. And the guy said, I, I have to resign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to resign from the eldership. I, I can't. Now, you might think that would make the other seven elders say, whoa, we can't go forward with it. Yeah. But they did, and they thought they should. And, and it was. Would you say that was lot, the right? That was the right thing to happen. I know it's a hard situation, but yeah, I can't separate it from the particulars yeah, okay. well, of let it. Me, so, let me, but but I probably would have said in that case, I probably would have said, I don't think in this case, I don't think we need to make this decision right now. Yeah. Well, let me let me put it a little more. Let me go back to the baptism conversation since we're both Baptists. An elder becomes convinced. Hey, I'm actually a paid Baptist now. I I, I so I right. I, I that's just that's just where I am. I want you to know I'm. I'd like to stay an elder. I love this church. I love this flock, and I'm willing to teach publicly in accordance to the <laughs> baptism position. You just need to know this is where I am. I actually seen this happen before. Wow. And but it's I know it's an obviously there's others less clear ideas, but yeah. I, but I'm bringing this example up to to say. I do think there is a good solution in that. Not an ideal, but I do think there's a good solution, and that is, if if an elder has has shifted on a doctrinal issue or something else, like or just conscience cannot go along with something, then I do think there can be an honorable aspect to say to step down and, and to do so in an honorable way, oh. and and it's okay. It's not scandalous or anything. As a matter of fact, I think it glorifies God to to say that that guy probably needs to go to a. Yep. A church that that baptizes I, infants, hundred percent right? agree. But but if they're an elder, that they they need to step down from that, and, and of course that that creates the why can't he stay on? Is it that big an issue? And every church has to sort through those kind of things. But I bring that up because I do think an answer to disagreeing as elders is that an elder might need to step down from the eldership. Correct. That that's a last resort. But I just want to put it out there as that can still be a healthy thing. Yeah, and Brian, here's another question: When when do you? What disclosure do you make before the congregation in regard to the wrestling? Like, for instance, a COVID policy. Do you say to the congregation, brothers and sisters, just like you know, okay, this is this is the final decision of the elders. We had a hard time coming to agreement on this. Uh, not everybody's on the same page uh, on these policies. But this is something we can all live with. Uh, I was a bit more, what I want to say, I was a bit more liberal, conservative. What what, what do you use when you say? Who, I, kn- who knows? Yeah, I, I, I was a bit more, you know, to say that I, I thought we we could meet more openly and and that you know maybe the mask weren't as needed um, and that we could not say, you know, but uh, I, I was in a minority on that and. But publicly, I wasn't going to say, "Hey, you know." If somebody said, "I hate wearing them," hey, me too. But the other elder, you know, made me do it. Yeah. But but you but you can I think say, "Listen, I know you're struggling with this. We struggled with this. We weren't all on the same page, but we had to come up with something 
that we felt allowed for, and these are our, our basic principles. I think that's really healthy to make that known. I don't think you have to get into the disagreements, right? But I think it's a good thing. I think what it, I think it humanizes the elders to the church, when and and allows people who are sitting out there conflicted about the decision to say, oh well, at least I I don't I don't know the details, but they at least acknowledge to me that they're wrestling with this like I am. So right. I think it actually op- I think it creates a transparent atmosphere. You don't have to get into, you know, Bob was after disagreed with Joe on this issue. Like that's right, not right, helpful. right. Oh man, they almost the, came to blows. Right? But the last thing I'll say about this, and I think this is important, uh, especially when you talk about you were the one that were overruled and you were the one potentially presenting this. Yeah, you have to be self aware of how you're showing up in that moment. Right. Because if you communicate it, and there's that 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 kind of sar- a cynicism that comes out in your voice, right? Because you. But you don't want to say it, but people can pick up on it. I think that's where self awareness has to really come into play. You you've got to be aware of how that maybe oozes out of you, which is about you, the one that was disagreed on. <laughs> and, and Brian, and, why are you saying that to me? I, this is all hypothetical, Jim. Because I ooze. It, it's all hypothetical, though, though you may ooze at sarcasm. I do at times, ooze you know? at times. So, You're right. So, but but I think I say that that's important because you can say I agree. But you can find kind of passive aggressive, not you. I'm saying just in general that person <laughs> that was. You can say I'm not me. calling you out on the podcast. You can Jim. say me. It's I've never right. been in these meetings with you, but <laughs> to to be able to communicate honestly, there was wrestling, you know, and and yet we're in agreement that this is what we need to do. But there but there was some wrestling with, it, and you can know that's what's made this a hard decision. I think that helps churches. I don't know. Do you do you agree with that? I, I do, and I think again when you can <clears throat> to show folks that listen, we we can disagree in a climate of of love and respect, and and that's that's the reality of it. It's when that doesn't happen, yeah, that's an issue. And I'd also again, we had a situation years ago where there was a there was a matter we were wrestling with as elders, and one of our pastors took it public in a sermon. Oops, and he actually said something like, "Well." You know, the others don't agree with me on this, but you oh, know, if okay. you don't like this, don't blame me, essentially, for it. <laughs> Oops. Well, it's only happened once. Um, that's a good example of probably not a helpful way. So you know, okay. great guy. Yeah. Love the guy to pieces. You know, but I did talk to him afterward. I just said, I just don't think it wasn't the way... way. Did he receive it's that? Did he, he receive, did. Yeah. He did. And I, 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 and I, I may have... I think I said something in that meeting I shouldn't have said back, you know, but it was... The two of us met afterward. I just said, "But it's just not the place." And you make you make us look, you know, you make us look bad, you know, in, in that sense, you know, to, to look. And um, anyway, eventually, we you know we we all came around much more to what his position was. Okay, but it just wasn't the time and place to deal with it. So as we wrap this episode up, I think the main takeaway that I want to highlight is that not only is it okay to disagree as elders, it's actually good. Because it shows mm-hmm. you're not surrounded by yes men. Yes, and that. Oh, sorry, no, Brian. Uh, that, well, I disagree with you. Yes, right. <laughs> but you, but you realize that you, that's where the sharpening is going to come. That's where sure. God's going to show His will absolutely to the elders by the wrestling that you have, and then hopefully it's, there's mature, humble, godly, teachable men who do submit to each other, who can then come to consensus. And by the way, to end on a positive note, you know there are tons of elders that function this way. It's a huge blessing to their church, and it is a very healthy way for leaders to function. And I think it shows up in the blessing of God in these churches. So, Jim, will you take a minute and pray for pastors wrestling through this idea of disagreeing? Sure. Father in heaven, thank you for 
the way you lead and guide your people. Thank you, Father, for all the churches there where there is a plurality of, of elders, where you've given uh, a number of gifts to a local church. And Lord, we realize that with that blessing, at times will come conflict. And we pray that you would give to all the men uh, who are hearing this grace to receive one another, to hear one another, to really have the heart's desire of your will be done, uh, men that listen uh, to counsel, men that love each other who are not afraid of disagreement. Uh, Father, again, give us help and wisdom. We do desire as best we can to, to pastor with the most uh, unified voice uh, that, that we are able. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the times when that is readily evident and, and when it's not, we pray for grace uh, to to lead through uh, these circumstances. To your honor and glory, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.